0: In today's show, we're looking ahead to Monday in the NBA. There are 15 games on. That's right. Every single team is playing. We're going to look at what we're watching for in all 15 of those games. It's going to be an absolute belter, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's PricePix.com and the promo code is LOCKEDON. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So, it's a big day. Tomorrow in the NBA, 15 games on. Tomorrow's recap show, going to be an absolute ball burst. I can't wait for that one. But we're going to look ahead to these 15 games. And you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to tell you streaming options because, let's be honest, you're not going to have spots for them. you got every single player is playing. So, you're going to have to make sit-and-start decisions. So, there's no point for streaming. But we're going to look through the 15 games where the injury status is of a bunch of players, what the current favorites and lines are in those games, and just the things that we are watching for across those games and... If you do want to see this sexy mustache continue to grow, you can donate to Movember. Help support men's mental health, suicide prevention, uh, prostate health, and testicular cancer and prostate cancer research. Movember.org.au or there's a link in the description or in the audio show notes and you can donate to this sexy mustache. We've got a goal of $1,500. Hopefully, we get there um, soon. We're not far away. Um, And then we'll just keep extending the goal as we pass it. But it is really, really good to see that those funds coming in. All right. warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. First game. It is the Wizards. They are playing a back to back um, against the Hornets. The Hornets are two point favourites in this one. The last time we saw the Wizards before Sunday was them getting smacked by the Nets. Um, We'll get a little bit of a better idea of what's going on with the Wizards after Sunday. But at this point, Dylan Wright's going to be out. LaMelo Ball, I assume, is going to be out. We haven't still got an update on him. Brad Beal is missing Sunday for COVID protocols. I feel like this is the fifth time he's been in the COVID protocol. Like how many times can this boy catch COVID? I don't know what's going on with him. Um, Yeah, but I don't know whether he plays Monday. I would have to suspect it's doubtful. Um, And then there's Cody Martin, Gordy Haywood and uh, old Dennis Smith Jr. We know Rogier's back, but those other three are all you know, up and down as to whether they're going to play Martin, Haywood, and Smith. And that impacts a lot. For the Wizards side of things, I did the waiver Wire show earlier today. And we talked about, hey, is Monte Morris droppable? Yeah, he probably is. But we want to see how it goes, especially if Beal is out. Maybe he hears a hold through this portion of the season. But otherwise, he's just like an assist streamer, really. And then if Beal is out, my expectation is that Barton Will Barton gets a boost. No, you will. no he's ready to sack that. Because the Wizards are a nothing franchise, they probably should start Corey Kispert to see whether the 23-year-old they drafted just outside the lottery can produce anything in a starting role, but they might just give it to Barton. But we want to see, is does Barton push up if Beale remains out? Does Kispert push into that role? How do they decide to distribute those minutes there across the wing and in the backcourt? For the Hornets, Jalen McDaniels, I'm really not high on him long-term this season. I am as a player, but it just there's too much going on. We'll see what his role looks like. Again, he did move to the bench last game with Rogier back, but he might start again if Martin Haywood and Smith are all out. But if they all play, what does his minutes look like? Where does he fit? And he probably is a 12-team drop. And then Mason Plumley. Somehow Mason Plumley is getting minutes. He is a fringe 12-team league points league player. For category leagues, he's like a rebound streamer with some assist value in there. But he's just like a cockroach. He just won't die. He just keeps on going and keeps on going. And every season we go, oh, Maybe maybe we had Mason Plumley. Surely someone better than him is there. And it just never happens. I don't, I don't know how it happens, but it just never does. Unfortunately, he never gets replaced. He's going to live on in perpetuity. Let's go to the next game. The Rockets, the Magic, the Magic of four and a half point favorites. The total is 230. That is a juicy total. We, we don't know a few injury statuses. We do know Fultz is going to be out. Cole Anthony is going to be out. Gaz Harris is going to be out. He who should not be named is going to be out. For the Rockets, Bruno Fernando will remain sidelined. But we don't know the status of um, Jabari Smith II. Or the wild thing, Jason Tate. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. Tate has missed the last three games, re aggravating his ankle injury. Actually, aggravating. You don't need to say re aggravating, it's just aggravating. And Jabari Smith missed last game due to an illness. We want to see whether those guys are available. But what did happen, his last game, Tari preseason, was able to put together some really good numbers. Yes, it was with Tate and Smith out. Um, so where does his minutes sit when there's Martin and there's Gordon and there's Tate and there's Smith? Like, how does he play enough? I don't know. We all know that Eason is going to be a fantasy stud at some point, whether it's this season or next season. He is going to be, hopefully, the rocket starter next to Smith long term. But how long is it going to take old oh, mate Steven Silas to realize this, that's the problem. But if Tate and Smith remain out, then preseason becomes an option. Also want to watch Jalen Green, the Filipino legend, who has admittedly been struggling. But people are overreacting. They are dropping him, which is insane. You should not do that. Just, it's a massive buy It's a big opportunity. He gets another chance to show us here. The thing that's a little bit concerning about Green is 30 minutes and 29 minutes the last two games. Yes, there was a little bit of blowoutness there, but in the game he played 30 against the Clippers, KPJ played 38. And Eric Gordon played 33. Is Silas, bottom three NBA coach, um, just reducing Jalen Green's playing time? Because let me tell you, it's not helping you win. And it's not helping you develop for the future. What a combination that is. That's why these shit coaches need to go. Him, Dwayne Casey, Wes Unseld, bottom three coaches in the NBA. You got someone else that's in that mix because they're the bottom three coaches in the NBA in my mind. Anyway, onto the magic. Truma Okeke, had a really big game against the Warriors the other day. I'm not really expecting much from him, but he could be a 20-minute player, and that's enough for deeper leagues. So, well, what Jalen Suggs, he sucks. Dominated against the Warriors, struggled a bit against the Kings with his shot, but his assist ability, his steal ability, his minutes, his role, they all make him a 12-team league must-roster player. So if he is there, um, add him. But let's see exactly where he sort of fits um, in the rotation and if he can get some consistency going, which I'm not really super confident about, but you never know, do you? Stuff might happen. Thunder Pistons. The Pistons are three-point favorites. The total is 223 and a half. Marvin Bagley and Alec Burks are both um, out. Alec Burks. But they have returned to practice. While Alexei Pokyushevsky is questionable with that shoulder issue. And Jalen Duren is probably also questionable. We don't have an updated status yet on Duren. He has missed the last three when there was some thought he would be back Wednesday and then Friday. Um, Actually, he is officially questionable. So we'll see how that all looks for the um, Thunder. We know their rotations are a disaster; they're all over the place. Um, they have lost their last two by double digits. Jeremiah Robinson-Earl is relatively consistent on a th- you know compared to other Thunder players. His last five games though: 15 minutes, five minutes, 22, 23, and 18. He's a good decent source of steals. He's an interesting deeper league guy, but can we get any consistency? Probably not. And then we look at Usman Jeng who three games ago was a DMP CD and then last game played 22 minutes. This is what we mean. We have no idea how the minutes are going to go for any of these players, but he is a rookie. He is a lottery pick. He was picked ahead of the Bronco Jalen Williams. So let's see what they do with him. Like how many minutes do they give him? How do they use him? For the Pistons, the the Flaming Galar, Elf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of Flaming Galars. He'd, his minutes have been up, 33, 30, 33, and then the blowout against the Cavs, he played just 24. But without Duran and with Nerland's Noel as the backup, they'd bump Stewart's minutes up. If Duran does play, does Stewart go back to a 27-minute role and Duran plays 20 to 21? Or is he going to establish himself as a 30-minute-a-night player? That's the question. And then Boyan Bogdanovich, we knew there would be a drop-off. The last two games, 28 minutes, 27 minutes, the shot has fallen away, which is a very good shooter, He's not a 55% three-point shooter, though, and we knew that was all going to drop away. And the problem, again, with him, like we state so many times, if the shots aren't going in at a completely unsustainable rate, what the hell else are you doing? And the answer for Boyan is nothing. Never getting assists, uh, never getting blocks, ever. Rebounds are low. Maybe you get a steal. But, like, he doesn't do too much else. Now, he's still got to be held, but there's going to be lots of ups and downs here for Boyan. So let's see if he gets back on track. Back on track in this one. If you want to get back on track with Daily Fantasy, Price Picks is going to be the answer for you. Price Picks is Daily Fantasy, but it's easy. It's not just going in and trying to create a lineup with a salary cap. It's just you versus player projections. So Price Picks sets the projections. You look at them, you go over or under. If you want to go in and set a lineup, a disc golf lineup, maybe you want to look at um, old mate Ezra Adderhold. Do you think he can do something in disc golf? I don't know what the over-unders are in that, but they're there. Gannon Burr. Maybe be able to look at his numbers and put him into one of your lineups. Or my man, Ricky Wisocki, he's the one I'm looking for if I'm looking to put together a disc golf lineup. So go ahead there, and it's up to five different guys you can put. You can win up to 10 times your entry fee. It's available in over 30 US states and in Canada. Simple as that. And it's not just disc golf. You can play the NBA or the NFL, or you can't play baseball because that's not on anymore. NHL. College basketball, college football, women's college basketball, the WNBA, when that comes back on, European basketball, cricket, golf, NASCAR, esports, boxing... MMA, some other sports that probably don't, haven't even been invented yet. Price Picks will have them. So download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com and sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100 bucks, Price Picks will give you 100 If you deposit $37, Price Picks will give you $37. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. After you've listened to Locked On Fantasy Basketball, check out Locked On Sports today. It is your show that covers all of the action across sport after a busy day in the NFL. Make sure you're checking that out as well. Next game, Pelicans-Pacers. Pelicans are six-point favorites in this game. Um, Chris is out for multiple weeks. He's a clear drop in 12- and 14-team leagues. Uh, Kyra Lewis remains out, while Aaron Neesmith is doubtful for the Pacers. So that probably means we're going to have Benedict Matherin starting, unless Rick Carlisle decides to get tricky with us. I don't actually know who else he would start there. Andrew Nembhard. Actually, he might. Terry Taylor, the Red Rooster. (laughs) Yeah, who knows? Anyway, on the Pelican side of things, I want to watch Trey Murphy because last game, it was not good for Trey. He's played 19 and 23 minutes the last... No, sorry, 16 minutes the last game. That's what I was trying to say. And it's not great. With everyone back, with the rotation being used the way it is, it's really hard to have Murphy going, Oh, I, I would love him to get 25 or 26, but if he's going to oscillate between that and 18, it's not going to be worth it. So let's get an extra data point here. I do think he is droppable, probably, if there is someone you want to grab off the wire. But this gives us another data point. Well, Herbalife Jones went off 19 points last game. And he's had six steals in his last two games. Now, like I talked about with Herb, I'm not convinced that he is a must-roster player. But I also don't believe in dropping him because he had no steals. Man, he's got no steals. Like they, they were going to come, and they are a very volatile stat. My thing was, what I'm really focused in, the steals, I don't care. Like They're going to they're gonna be there, and they are there. But what was interesting was the usage, or more importantly, the scoring. And he got to the line a lot. Is that real? Probably not. But let's have a look to see if we can get some big scoring nights. Well, we want to watch and who, after a fantastic start, has cooled a little bit. But as a starter, where does he fit? How does he fit next to Heald, and next to Halliburton, and next to Miles Turner? Can he touch the ball enough? Part of his strength is high usage and getting to the line a lot. So we'll see. And then we want to watch this guy because let's be fair, Sticks has been shithouse. Stand by your man! Um, like, uh, again, we will say this. It's it's the TWA, the Tony Roten effect. Jalen Smith's not very good player. And if he does something wrong or misses a shot, he loses all confidence. All right, But he is placed in a position as the starting power forward where he can have 15 and 7, 14 and 7 with a block, with one and a half threes on 50 and 80 percent shooting, and that is an unbelievably good fantasy player, all right? So the the potential is all there. That is why we like to draft him because of that skill set. If I'm looking long term in a dice, I've got no interest in this bloke. I don't think he's a starting caliber player at all. I don't think he's very good. I also don't think that Miles Turner is an impact. People go, oh, just wait till Miles Turner gets traded. It has no impact on Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith minutes have nothing to do with Miles Turner in my opinion. They don't play the same position at all. Smith is a power forward. Turner is a center. When Turner goes out, Isaiah Jackson pushes up. Not Smith. What it is, he just can't hit any shots at all at the moment. And he's losing confidence and Carlo loses that confidence in him. Let's see what his role looks like here. He has been bad. Even worse than I anticipated he is as a player. And that is impacting his production. So I am holding him. But we'll see. Sun Sixers. Suns are two and a half point favorites here. Cam Johnson is out. We don't know how long for. There is a possibility that it is season, in, a season ending. Jim Harden is out. Joel Embiid is questionable. Daniel House is questionable. Cameron Payne is questionable, as is Ishmael Wainwright. Tory Craig started last game for the Suns and put together some really good defensive numbers. But, you know, uh, am I looking at Tory Craig? Oh, well, three steals and a block. Here we go. Or was it three blocks and a steal? Anyway, it was a lot of defensive stats. I have seen Tory Craig as a player multiple years, starting in... Um, Denver, uh, starting in Phoenix, starting in Milwaukee. I think he had some spot starts. And when he does, he's like the 170th best player, right? And I think so for 14-team leagues, that is okay to add. Twelves, you'll stream him in. He'll have games like he had on Saturday where he has these big defensive stats, but it's going to come and go. He's not going to take on Cam Johnson's shots or three-point shooting or anything like that. He'll have some okay games. He'll have some solid enough production in situations where um yeah you know, it'll go up and down but that doesn't make him a must roster player I don't think also wants John Aiden who was pretty bad last game he has been underwhelming this season sorry this career and I don't does cam Johnson's absence help him get a few more shots does he want to take a few more shots does he want to show any ounce of aggression can he start blocking shots I don't know the bloke seems just not right like he's just not there and we understand why so turn around my guy for the Sixers, George Niang. Now, why have I highlighted him there? Because if Embiid is out, Niang and his shooting can be really helpful for this team, especially with Harden out. So, just that's for deeper leagues. And then we want to watch what they do with Paul Reed. Paul Reed had what six steals last game, playing as Montrez Harrell's backup. I know that uh, Glen Rivers, Glen Rivers, MD uh, makes bad rest, rotation decisions almost every single game. But if Embiid is out, do you think they go back to Harrell and play him the bulk of those minutes over Reed again? Probably he does. But I want to see if Reed can establish either as the backup center or get the bulk of those minutes if Embiid is out. I'm probably you know, barking up the wrong tree, hoping for that. But you never know. Maybe Glenn has a change of heart. Bucks-Hawks. The Bucks are two and a half point favorites. Giannis missed last game. I expect him to return. Giannis' knees have a real issue. And they have a plan, the Bucs, and they've had it for the last three years or so, that he will rest games um, continually. He probably will never play 70 games in a season again as they rest him and keep him fresh with the knees. So that missed that missed game on the back-to-back is going to happen. Not every back-to-back, but maybe every back-to-back. So I think he'll be fine, and I think he'll return. Bobby Porter's put up like insane rebound numbers in that game without Giannis, but he'll move back to a bench role. But I want to also see if Marjan Beauchamp, stays in the starting lineup, or if Grayson Allen comes back. Allen thrived in the in the bench role, while Beauchamp shot 11%. Do they make that switch back? Let's see how they use that. Well, for the Hawks, the Baptist John Collins has been invisible. Like he's just doing nothing. After that big start to the season, oh, they've changed their mind. They're going to feature Collins. They're going to give him these minutes. And then it just disappeared and he takes like four shots a game. It's not quite four, but it might as well be. He's a little bit of a buy low, but what he's regressed back to is just the John Collins we saw for three years. And then I also want to watch Clint Capella because the Kerner was really big last game. Huge, in fact. The best output he's had all season. But is that real? Because he's been disappointing as well most of the year. So let's see how Collins and Capella look in this game. Middleton will be out. Connerton will be out. Bogdanovich will be out. Well, Giannis is likely to return. Blazers in the heat. We don't know whether Damian Lillard or Anthony Simons at the time of me recording this are going to be available to play. I would expect that they are. Lillard's missed four straight. Simons has missed two straight. Missed the back-to-back against the Suns. I wonder if playing 40 minutes a night prior to that had anything to do with it. I don't know. We will site, we will find out. No, I guess we actually won't find out. Um, Gary Payton will be out. Victor Oladipo will be out again. Is this bloke ever going to play? Is he real? He's getting to TJ Warren status here. And uh, he, who, he who shall not be named. Um, and Omer Yurtseven remains out. Tyler Hero has popped up on the injury report from Miami. So, we will uh, watch that, obviously. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Um, But Jim Butler is off the injury report. So, that's good news. So, Jimmy is going to return. I want to watch Jeremy Grant, who, let's be honest, has been really bad this season. Hit a game winner after he travelled the other day, had another big scoring game. But when Lillard and Simons are there, he doesn't do anything. His steal and block rates are worse somehow than they were in Detroit. I don't know how that is possible, but they're worse. He doesn't rebound, he doesn't get assists. He, if you look just at his ranking numbers, he'd be in the, the droppable firing line. He's not droppable, but he's he's down. For the people who were drafting him in the 70s, I think you'd be pretty disappointed on the results so far. While Shaden Sharp, he shows flashes, as Sharpie, but he's a little bit at, um empty in his fantasy numbers. Like, what does he do um outside of scoring? He started four straight with little out, hasn't hit 30 minutes in any of them, and he's not, I don't think, a 12-team league player. For the Heat, Max Struess has been an elite three-point streamer. He's still not a top 100 player. And yeah, you know, he doesn't do anything else apart from score and hit threes. And with Butler coming back, uh, if Hero misses, it does help Struess again. But when they do get these guys like Oladipo, maybe if he ever returns, like where does Struess fit? So he's got another opportunity here if Hero does miss. And then I want to watch um, Kyle Lowry. Double-cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. Lowry has had some struggles with um, production earlier this season, but look at the last four games. 37, 37, 38, and 38 minutes. I guess he's in shape. The production's firing up. He, at the moment, is a steal for where he was drafted. Raptors and Bulls. These guys are playing each other today, and they're playing again tomorrow. The Bulls are four and a half point favorites in tomorrow's game. Siakam will be out. Drummond will be out. Lonzo Ball will be out. We don't know about Zach Levine, because if I'm just going to check this, actually, we do know because Levine is out on Sunday, so Levine will play on Monday. That is my guess. Kobe White remains out on Sunday. Whether he plays on um, Monday, I don't know. While Fred Van Vliet is playing on Sunday, will he play the back-to-back after being out with back issues? We will find out. I expect Van Vliet to play. I expect Levine to play now that he's missing Sunday. For the Raptors, Precious Achua. Now Van Vliet does return and Siakam is back. Achua probably sits the big sneeze as like a 20-minute-a-night player. They'll start Coloco, and then Boucher and Achua will get the minutes off the bench. And also, want to watch Scotty Barnes, I put a tweet out and a post on YouTube saying, hey, Raptor fans, legitimate question, like, what has Barnes improved on this season? And he is shooting like 42% from three. That's a big step up. Whether that sticks or not, we don't know. We'll have to give that, obviously, more time. But his overall fantasy value, has stayed relatively stagnant. It hasn't really changed much. His passing has improved. His half-court execution has improved. I don't know if his defense has done much. I don't know if his offensive aggression has changed much. But let's see if that shooting can keep up because his uh, three-point attempt rate is up, which is super important, and his percentage is way up as well. So let's watch that. For the Bulls, Ayo Desumu, whose last couple of games have been iffy. Can he maintain some of that early season form or is he going to fade back away to a 13% usage player who gets you 8-4-4, four, and four, which is not really worth it. I think he's still a hold for now. In points leagues, I'm not so sure. You can have a look at what his current points average is and compare that to waiver wire guys, but I'm not sure that he's a must-roster points league guy. also want to watch Paddy Williams, whose numbers have gone up since Andre Drummond's been out. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. But I also don't care because Drummond remains out and he's going to be out for a while. So Williams should be on a 12-team league roster, but again, we don't view him with gigantic upside. So add him, but keep our hopes in check, I guess. Celtics, Grizzlies, um, yeah, back-to-back for Memphis. For the Celtics, Brogdon's last couple of games have been really solid. Minutes have pushed up, but I don't really trust the minutes split between him and Derek White. And I don't trust him to be that high usage guy every single game. He is fine on a 12-team roster, but I'm not sure that he's a must. And also watch Grant Williams, who, again, if we go by the rankings for Grant, yeah, we, we really do look at his numbers and go, okay, they're pretty interesting. Like, that's that's a, good, um, that's a good ranking for Grant, but, you know, can he maintain what he's doing? I, I think once Rob Williams returns, Grant's not going to be anywhere near a 12-team league player. But even now, like, he struggles to get 30 minutes a night. He's averaging just 25 minutes. He's averaging nine points with four rebounds. So why is he a top, or close to a top 100 player? The reason is, he's shooting 63% from the field, which includes 54 on threes. If it wasn't for that, He's nowhere near a 12-team league player, and, and that's keeping him afloat, and that is worth noting because he is going to go through a stage where he does not shoot 60% from the field, and he does not shoot 55% from three or whatever it is. Like, it's going to happen, and then his value is going to be all gone, but the Grizzlies on the back-to-back. We don't expect there to be anyone necessarily who is resting on this team, but Zaire Williams will be out. Jaron Jackson will be out. Um, For the uh, Celtics, by the way, uh, Al Horford's back-to-back spasms should be fine. And Luke Cornett missed last game for personal reasons. David Roddy's been getting minutes. A lot of them, probably too many. 27, 29, 19, and 28 in the last four games. I don't think he's really done anything to show that he deserves those minutes. But he's getting them. So we want to see if they continue on that trend. While Dylan Brooksy brooks the last game was tough. They won by 31 minutes, uh, 31 minutes. They won by 31 points. Um, so that gave some extra minutes to some of these players. Let's watch what Brooks does. I do not believe that Dylan Brooks is a 12-team Category League player. In fact, I'm pretty adamant that he isn't. In points leagues, he can be, but let's see if he again falls into line as the third option behind Morant and Bain, which he should. The Knicks and the Wolves. The Wolves are five-and-a-half-point favourites. Quentin Grimes, I do expect to play. He sat last game, which was a back-to-back. I expect him to play. But Rudy Gobert, we don't know about him. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Um, yeah, he's missed the last game for COVID. Mitchell Robinson will be out and will obviously not be taking it from here. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. So I've tweeted about this a lot. Isaiah Hartenstein's an obvious must roster. He was already a must roster player. He's an obvious must roster player. Played 38 minutes last game. He's going to put up some big, big numbers. Will Robinson's out. And I hope he can continue starting. I don't know that he can, but I'm not ruling it out. But I also want to watch Obi Toppen because he... I had some moments. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. But I'm not really sure I, I trust Coach Come over to give him twenty-one minutes tonight and play Randall and Toppen together a lot, especially against a Wolves team that could have Towns and Gobert out there. So let's see how Toppen gets used. I don't think he's a 12-team rosterable player. I don't think Grimes is either. I think Grimes will probably go back and start with Reddish who started last game and did nothing. But Grimes, Reddish, Quickly, Rose, there's too many of these guys. He's not going to get a a 30-minute-a-night roll. He's not going to be anything more than a fifth option or even fourth option on offense. And it's going to come to him playing 30 minutes and maybe getting 1.2 steals. That's not worth it for 12-team leagues. But let's watch it and see if he proves me wrong. Jaden McDaniels has struggled. And it doesn't help him when guys like Kyle Anderson are out playing him off the bench. Minutes have been down for Jaden the last couple of games. And his production's down. Now, he was getting by on some really big defensive numbers, and when they're not coming, he struggles. Now, he played 35 against Houston, but 17 and 18 the two games before that, very up and down, and I think the minutes were up because Gobert was out, so Kyle Anderson had to play a lot more at the four versus playing at the three. So we want to watch what McDaniels' role looks like. We also want to watch D'Angelo Russell, who has not hit 30 minutes since the 28th of October. His last four games, 28, 23, 27, 27. Jordan McLaughlin played well last game. Russell just can't hit shots. He's a little bit of a buy low, but I'm a little bit worried about what this trend is with his playing time. So we keep an eye on that. The Nuggets and the Spurs. We saw this game two days ago and the Nuggets smashed and Bones Highland went off. Now, Bones Highland scored the vast majority of his points in the final 16 minutes of the game where he played those final 16 minutes of the game when they were 25 points up. So don't get too fooled by that, that game and think uh, Highland's a must-roster player because I don't think he is. But he's got another opportunity here in a potential blowout. I don't think that he's going to be worth adding, though. Maga Porter Jr. continues to hit... Since he said, I'm going to hit 50% of my threes, he's hit 50% exactly in the last two games. But he's not really doing much else, is he? He's fine. He's floating around under 30 minutes, like 11, 12 points. He's not really blowing us away at the moment. I'd like to see him step it up a level. Speaking of stepping it up, Devin Vassell has basically every game this season. People panicked after after game one where he couldn't hit a shot. What did I do with this guy? Do I need to drop him? He's trash. Uh, No, he has a real shot at being a top 50 guy at some point this season. I expect that he moves back to the starting lineup after coming off the bench those last two, but it doesn't actually matter. His numbers are great also want to watch Josh Richardson, who I thought could push to 28 minutes. But no, alas, he can't. With Primo and Wesley out, his minutes are hovering mid to low 20s. And he's not really looking like a 12-team league guy. Wesley will be out, as I said. Najee and Ish Smith are out, or a questionable, sorry, for Denver. While Zach Collins and Romeo Langford miss last game for the Spurs. Zach Collins was staying to put up 12-team league value. Whether he continues to do that, I don't know. But we want to keep an eye on that as well. Or whether he plays. Nets and Mavs, Dallas 6.5-point favourites. Irving is out, suspended. Neil Keener is out. Bertans is out. Tony Warren Jr. is out. But Benny Simmons is questionable. Now that throws a big wrench in what they're going to do. And by wrench, I mean our expectations for them. Because Cam Thomas played 30 minutes a night the last two games. If Simmons returns, does that impact Thomas? Yeah, you know, Sumner will move to the bench. And then there's Mills and Curry and Harris and Thomas. Can Thomas do what he's been doing if Simmons returns? We want to watch that. He's also got he also got eleven free throw attempts last game. Is that anywhere near realistic? Probably not. But let's watch it. Nicky Claxton, again, what happens when Simmons is there? Claxton rolled last game against the Hornets. Big numbers, but we have seen so many times that when he plays with Simmons, the minutes gets reduced. For the Mavs, Spencer Dinwiddie really having a strong season at the moment. He's taking a lot of threes, more than he ever has in the past. And he's still going to be putrid with steals and rebounds, but he's been pretty strong. Let's I assume he just continues it. And just a reminder, if you aren't aware, they have a new starting center. It's Dwight Powell. JaVel McGee's gone. And I think he's going to be out of the rotation soon. Powell is not a 12-team ad. But in deeper leagues, there is value in his steady, like, eight points on 60% shooting. That has some value. And the fact that he is getting those 25 minutes in a game at the moment, you, you need to be looking at that. Kings and Warriors. Keegan Murray. last couple of games have been bad. Why? He has really struggled defensively. Now, I talked so much about Keegan Murray in the offseason where people were like, man, rookie of the year, top 50 player. He's going to dominate. And I said, yeah, okay. But what he did in Summer League was when he was getting every single usage opportunity ever, which is exactly what happened to him in college. And when he gets to the NBA, how's he going to work behind Fox, behind Sabonis, maybe behind Barnes, and and obviously behind Herder? And the answer is not very well. The last couple of games, or so the first couple of games, he played like 36, 37 minutes. Fuck, let's go. What's going on here? And now he's playing 25, 28. The rebounds are non-existent. The usage is down. He's struggling a little bit with his shot. Now, he's not a droppable player. But I think what we have seen over these last couple of weeks is that, again, rookie expectations, especially early, they're always blown way out of proportion. So let's see if Keegan can get back on track because the last two games have been pretty ugly for him. But it's been the opposite for Malik Monk. Monk is getting Murray's minutes. He's playing 25+. plus. His assist rate is like 50% higher than it was last season. He is basically playing the backup point guard role and playing in closing lineups and that's killing both Murray and last year's top 10 pick, Davion Mitchell. So can Monk keep that going? We will find out. For the Warriors, there's been so much hullabaloo. Steve Kerr continues to say it. I'm excited. John Kaminga is going to be back in the rotation. What does that mean though, Stephen? What what does being in the rotation mean? <sighs> you can call me coach Steve. Look, where does Kaminga fit? Because he's not taking Wiggins's minutes or Clay's minutes or Draymond's minutes. Is he just going to take the Jermichael Green minutes, the 17 a night there? Is he going to take some off Wiseman? He's going to have no business being rostered in 10, 12, or 14 team leagues. And does he actually stay in the rotation? And does he look good doing it? I've got no idea, but they are talking about him a lot. So he is going to play, but how much? That is what we need to know. And then Clay, whose usage is up, the volume is fine, the efficiency is bad, and, and I, don't, I don't think it's coming back. But we're getting more of an idea of you know clay high usage. Hey, but their current stuff's not working. High usage clay isn't working. Kaminga out of the rotation isn't working. They've lost five straight. Let's see if there's any changes. DiVincenzo will be out for the Warriors. These next two games, both both all, all four of these teams in the next two games are playing on Sunday. Lakers, Jazz, both on a back-to-back. They started Kendrick Nunn, who'd been out of the rotation because Patrick Beverly was out with an illness. So we'll have a look to see what Nunn does on Sunday, but can he play himself into a rotation role? The expectation is that LeBron and Anthony Davis do play this back-to-back. So we'll watch that. Schroeder and Bryant will be out. Um, And then for the Jazz, do they play Mike Conley on the back-to-back? He's played one back-to-back, but he missed one back-to-back. So Colin Sexton gets an opportunity to step up and Jared Vanderbilt-Bar is questionable with an adductor issue. I don't know if he's going to play on Sunday, but if he does, do they start uh, Walker Kessler or do they start Malik Beasley and push Marken and Alinek up? We want to see how that all plays out with Vander, if Vanderbilt happens to be out. The Cavs-Clippers is the last game of the day. It's a back-to-back for both of these teams. Garland and Mitchell are both back playing for Cleveland on Sunday. I expect with their knee and ankle issues that they'll be okay on Monday, but we need to watch that. And we need to watch what role Kevin Love plays. I also want to watch Evan Mobley, who had an eight block game or seven block game the other day. But offensively, he hasn't really popped or improved. We want to see big improvements in usage and shooting, and it hasn't really happened. So we want to watch to see where Mobley fits. For the Clippers, I'd expect that John Wall is out. I also expect, even though he hasn't officially been ruled out, I expect Kawhi is going to be out. Um, so Reggie Jackson should get a minutes pump so should Storm and Norman Powell especially if Luke Canard remains out Canard is out on Sunday and we don't know the status of Bob Covington at this point he's out on Sunday he might be out but we want to watch Norman Powell who isn't a 12-team league guy or Reggie Jackson who isn't a 12-team league guy but can they change our minds can they change our hearts can they change our energies and get back into that 12-team league discussion and that After a really long show, is it for me today. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. And if you are here on YouTube, welcome, hello, thank you. Subscribe, hit the bell, and leave your comments down below. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.